Welcome to the Altruistic Traveller podcast, interviews with influential changemakers from around the world. That recycling is no longer sufficient to, to deal with these. That type of volunteering actually is proven to be more harmful. Trying to elevate poverty. I mean, they didn't see me that way. They see me as a human being, someone who needs help. Be inspired, educated and moved by global initiatives making this world a better place. For more stories and resources, please visit thealtruistictraveler.com. Just a heads up that in this episode, we are touching on the topic of mental health. So if you or anyone you know needs help, just remember that it's always out there. You can use Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I hope you're having a lovely day or night wherever you are in the world. Um, today I'm pretty excited because this is my first ever podcast where we're going to be talking about a different topic. Um, it's a bit more on the esoteric realm, something that's been such a big part of my life if you have followed my blog, especially in the past year. Um, We're going to be talking about meditation and spiritual practice. Um, I've got a good friend of mine, Kevin Rayberg, in the, well, I'm going to say studio, but we're actually on uh, different sides of the world. Um, Kevin's in San Diego right now. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Welcome. Hello from beautiful California. How is everything in Australia? So good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, I'll, it, Kevin and I met in Bali actually only six months ago, but it feels like I've known you for so much longer than that. Yeah, the last time we talked, I had a broken ankle and you're helping me hobble all around the, the rough streets of Ubud. Yes, I actually am. Um, still have a tiny like scar on my hand that always reminds me of you that time when we fell over in the rain <laughs> yeah bali bali's tough for able-bodied people and then when you throw like a broken ankle and some crutches in there in the mix that can be a little challenging totally and uh yeah how i met you is that i was actually um on good old instagram looking at uh in- looking for information about reiki and meditation and i came across your then um, probably nearly new, uh, highly meditated Instagram page. And, yeah. you know, we, we got chatting about that. And I mean, in such a short time, that's grown into a community. And um, now you're, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and about um, highly meditated and, and yeah, just like who, who you are. Yeah, so highly meditated started as just kind of an idea that I had, and I I just wanted to start like sharing spiritual ideas, concepts, practices, and the best way I could think of doing that was with like a meme account because who doesn't love memes? So that's the way it started. And if you go to my my page now, which is uh, on Instagram at highlymeditated.co, uh, shameless plug there. You can see that it's <laughs> evolved quite a bit. There are no more memes, although I will post an occasional meme in my stories. 
but it's really now uh, much more of, of who I am and who I've evolved to be. And that is a you know meditation teacher, coach, uh, healer, someone that has just found so much peace from within. And I just see our world like literally falling apart and human, humans are suffering, our earth is suffering. And I'm kind of tired of it. And so I, I've decided to just take a stand and stand for what I believe in in my life, which is love and abundance and connection and openness and vulnerability. And that's really what Highly Meditated is. That's who I've become. And so I'm just here to share my journey and see who I can help along the way, whether that's through you know, my Instagram account or through private coaching. I also do Reiki here in San Diego. I have a studio. I teach meditation classes here. Um, so yeah, that that's me. I, I mean, you're so right that, you know, we're really, I guess, in a bit of a spiritual drought here on the planet. And, and look, I mean, spirituality can come in all kinds of forms. But if we look at just the state of the earth and the state of the mind, I guess, especially um, in a lot of uh, Western and developed countries where we're just so overly stimulated. It's like at, at one point in time, people thought that, you know, having a lot of things made you happy at, at one point in time, people thought having a lot of money made you happy. But I feel like maybe we've proven that wrong and we've gotten to this point where it's like, okay, well, yeah, all those things are fantastic, but why do I, why, why do some of us feel, um, you know, like something is missing. Yeah. And I think you, you touched on it there. Like we're, we're just so overstimulated and distracted and we can't focus. We're on our phones, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 hours a day. Like that's probably a low estimate, but I would guess it's, it's somewhere around there. And myself, you know, I'm someone who meditates and takes my practices very seriously. I I probably meditate for, at least an hour every day, maybe more. And I'm distracted. Like I'll be looking at my phone and I'll be like, wait, what was I doing? And I'm like, oh, wait, I need to go to my laptop. And then I'm like, wait, what was I doing? And so I'm like, if, if I'm this distracted as someone who practices like intention-based focus and breathing, I can only imagine how other people feel just so scattered. Like it's just it's like one hit of dopamine after the next, like, where's the next thing coming from? And it's, it's really gotten kind of sad. It, you know, people are struggling with life. There's this stress, anxiety, overwhelm. You know, I think a lot of people are very unhappy in their careers and their jobs, unhappy in their relationships. Um, you know, it's like everyone just wants this like, freedom and peace of mind but they don't know how to get it and you know they're seeking magic pills from from outside like whatever netflix or you know uh actual actual magic pills and (laughs) what's that or actual magic pills that are so bad for you yeah or like pharmaceutical pills or drugs or it's just like you know the, the sooner people can realize that all the answers are already within you and 
your job, your, the reason you're put on this earth is to tap into that and see, like, really discover, like, why are you here? Like, what what's your purpose? What makes you happy? What drives you? Like, those are the answers that are going to change your life. Once you start focusing on those things, not the, how do I find a relationship? How do I get a girlfriend or a boyfriend? How do I make more money? How do I, um, you know, like distract myself from this prison that I've created around myself, you know? Um, Essentially, it, it's like a prison that you've cre- we've created in our own minds. We have. Like we've created this, I need to have a nine to five job so that I can pay my bills. And what you don't realize is the more money you make, the more bills that you have. And it's just this cycle. So it's like, then you get stuck. You get into this rut where like, you think I need this job to make money, like to make myself happy so I can pay my bills and maintain my lifestyle. And when you take a step back and really think about who you are as an individual, you can begin to, to learn that that's just a story that you're telling yourself. I mean, humans didn't have, we weren't put here on this earth to have nine to five jobs. And if you look back at the history of the world, it's really only the last maybe, you know, 500 years or so that we've started like putting ourselves in this work mentality. And you can also look at the history of the world, not getting too deep here, but the earth has been here for 14 billion years and it was just fine up until about 500 years ago when we really started screwing it up. <laughs> we, we can get as deep as we want to here. It's okay. <laughs> we can talk and, about 500 years ago. We can talk about Gopekli Tepe of like a civilization that they feel could have been more advanced than us 12,000 years ago. It's a true fact. Could have been more advanced, but um, it's cool that you said that because I was actually just thinking about this the other day. I was like, I was like, one billion years from now, okay, like I know it's a big number, but let's just throw it out there. If the Earth's even here in another billion years, I'm willing to bet humans won't be here. I'm willing to bet a lot of money humans would not be here. And I, I'm like, what would be here? Is it like robots? Is it AI? And, and I'm like, whatever it is they're going to be looking back at this like human age, this like human civilization. And they're going to be like, what was wrong with those people? They like, we're going to, they're going to be looking back at humans as we look back at dinosaurs. I just like, like unfathomable, but that this thing even existed. Wow. <laughs> we are getting deep. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine, like, I suppose, where we are right now as a civilization, there's a bit of a spectrum. So you've kind of got, in my experience, we've got um, people who are potentially rich in in physical, like physically and materialistically, but then poor spiritually. And then you've got the other spectrum, which is actually quite rich spiritually and lacking in say materialistic things and and this is something that comes up a lot especially having been somebody who's traveled a lot to um, remote communities developing you know I quote developing countries but I've seen 
just such a more vibrant spirit in those places because as we mentioned they're not really governed by a societal conditioning of hey um alarm clock goes off at 7 a.m get on a bus go to work um don't get home until 7 p.m have to pay all your bills because uh you know you've got like a million dollar mortgage so we're we're on a bit of a spectrum at the moment and but yet we still have one thing in common. We're still the same species. We still have a mind. I mean, there is some uncommon denominator which is affecting why there are people on so many different levels of the spectrum. And do you think that that has a lot to do with the mind? Yeah, I mean, the mind hasn't, the human mind hasn't really evolved all that much from when we were cavemen a hundred thousand years ago, like we're still fear is our primary motivator and driver. And we're, we're still looking for that like tiger or woolly mammoth that's going to come around the corner and eat us. And it's not there anymore, but we're still looking for it. And since it's not there, the mind is like, Oh, okay, well the tiger's not there, but what's the next problem? Is it, my mortgage? Is it my kids? Is it my, you know, relationship? Like whatever it is, it's like, we're looking for these problems because we don't want to be caught off guard. So we create this, this stress and this worry and this anxiety by just trying to find out like, how, how am I going to fail next? Right. And yeah, I mean, the, the mind is the mind is a powerful, powerful tool. The human mind might be one of the most powerful tools that is on this planet today when we're able to tap into it and control our thinking rather than allowing our, our thinking to control us, which, you know, it, it's a challenge. Like the mind just runs and it races and it races and it thinks and we get so swept up in those thoughts that next thing you know, our emotions have completely taken over and they're, they're emotions based on stories and false sets of beliefs that we're telling ourselves. I think you're so right. I really want to go back to what you mentioned about fear because that is something that I think it, it does govern us. And actually, uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, recently with good old Russell Brand and Brene Brown, two people which I'm very inspired by. And Brene said something that has just stuck with me ever since. And she's talking about, you know, how we kind of got here in a sense that you've got Trump Morrison here, you've got, you know, Brexit, all these kind of I guess extreme political powers essentially running the world. And they were talking about how do we get here? Like, why are we here? And she said, the ways that you can take over the world is that you exacerbate people's fear and uncertainty, and then you deliver to them something that they can blame for their fear and uncertainty. So while maybe, you know, we have our minds haven't evolved and we're still waiting for that lion or tiger to come around the corner big powers like that have turned that lion and tiger into immigrants um other people others and made us scared of things that we should not be scared about in order to govern what we do that's very true 
Um, so I just wanted to yeah throw that one in there because I've really been thinking a lot about that lately, especially my own journey through spirituality and meditation because one of the big things that happened for me on that journey was the release of fear. And so I kind of want to talk about like, have you had a similar experience with meditation helping you to let go of fear and, and sort of, I mean, how has meditation helped you? Meditation has helped me just get a different perspective on life. So I'm able to just like step outside of the rat race of my mind. Um, and rather than, you know, my, my thoughts controlling me, I'm able to tap into my body and my heart and my intuition, my stomach, my gut, my feelings, and like really see what's there and what's true for me. I, I've learned that the mind will lie to you, but your heart never will. So if you can, if like one of the greatest skills I think I've ever learned and I still get it wrong sometimes. It's really hard to differentiate the two. Um, but w- when you can tap into your heart and ask your heart a question, like, is this right for me? And wait for the answer. Your heart won't lie to you. So that's why they say, like, let your heart guide you, you know, make decisions based on what your heart wants, because that's not going to lie to you. Whereas the ego, your ego mind lies to you all the time because it just is trying to keep you small. It's trying to keep you in your comfort zone. It doesn't want you to get hurt. It wants to protect you. And what you don't realize is by all it's doing is hurting you. And it's by you staying small and staying protected and staying in your safe zone, you're not growing, you're not taking risk. So you're, you're hurting yourself like by listening to your ego. That's so true. And with meditation, though, it they say it sort of taps into the mind. How does it help with um, becoming more heart-led? So uh, one of the things that I learned was there, there's a part of the brain called the default mode network. Um, and it basically runs through, like, the center of the brain. And when that part of your brain is activated, which is roughly about 50% of the time, um, you're in like fight or flight mode. It's just like you ha- you have no control over your thoughts or your thinking. You're just like thought comes in, you you react. Thought comes in, you react. And so meditation has actually proven that it starts to reduce that part of the brain. So when a trigger comes in, rather than you just quickly reacting you there's a part you know you start to activate the parts of the brain that allow you to be like hmm is that a real thought is that a real fear is that a real concern or is this just a story i'm telling myself and so that's one of the biggest things that i've learned through through meditation it's just like the the trigger the stimulus comes in and then there's a space like you don't need to respond immediately and so many people in our society like a text message comes in it's like oh i gotta respond immediately or someone asks you a question you can pause there's nothing wrong with pausing even if it's for 30 seconds and it's a completely awkward silence i would much rather pause for 30 seconds and not give an immediate answer than than my answer come out and have it be like toxic or reactionary you know i know i mean in my journey as well, meditation has kind of taught me to slow down and to clear 
to clear my mind and, and yeah just like to have that that pause time and just chill man <laughs> um exactly. I, but i want to go back so i'm like to say that probably a lot of the people that will listen to this show potentially have never tried meditation and i know both yourself and i you know we weren't born gurus we've um we've come to this point on quite a long journey so I'd love it if you can talk about um, your journey and, you know, what it was like before you found spirituality or meditation or whatever you want to call it um, up until now. Like, was there a point? Was it quite um, a long process? So I used to be one of the most angry people that I knew. What? I could not even imagine that. I was a complete and total victim. The world was out to get me. Everything that happened was attacking me. Everyone was wrong. I was right. And I had this huge chip on my shoulder. And it took me a long time to even start to realize that anything was wrong with that that story. And I remember specifically, I had a, a girlfriend that I was dating for quite a while. And this was... Uh, looking back, this was, uh, in the later part of our relationship, a little past the midpoint, uh, I decided I was going to start meditating and, you know, I did it here or there. And I remember she kind of making fun of me and being like, you know, what are you doing? Like, cause I've always been in like personal development, personal growth. And she always thought I was a little bit crazy for that. And then I like took it to like a whole nother level with like meditation and, uh, I just remember her kind of judging me for it. And, and so I, I like stopped doing it. And then there was like a, a brief period in my life where I like tried it, stopped, tried it, stopped. And something clicked where I was finally just like, no, I'm going to do this. And I, I like set a goal to meditate for two weeks and I passed that and I went like three weeks and then something happened and and life as I like to say life lifes so life's gonna come in and it's gonna throw you for a curveball it's gonna do something and I stopped meditating and I was feeling great because I had meditated for you know a few weeks in a row and then all of a sudden I stopped and I noticed like I started feeling like crap again and I was just like what's wrong like what's happening and and then I realized like oh I haven't meditated and so I then set a goal. I was like, all right, I'm just going to start meditating again and just see, see how long I can go. And here we are probably four years later and I've meditated every day since. And it's, it's literally changed my life. Like I still obviously get angry, but I'm able to shift out of it a lot faster. I used to suffer from a lot of anxiety and depression. I still have anxiety, but you know, the, the sadness, the anger, the depression are really a thing of the past. And yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my journey. And, you know, there are a lot of signposts along the way that reminded me I was on the right path and just what some might call coincidences. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe everything that's put in front of us is put there for a reason to teach us or show us the way or get us back on course. And so there's a lot of uh, synchronicities that kind of 
guided me, that showed me like, this is what you're supposed to be doing, Kevin. This is why you're here. And yeah, that's, I, I firmly believe that in every part of my body, that that's why I'm here to help like remove this suffering that people are living with. I think that's, uh, well, first of all, I think that it's so brave that you wanted to stick with that, especially, I guess at the time, maybe you might have been feeling like a little bit of a stigma around uh, around meditation when you first started out. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it, it's starting to catch on in popularity. Um, you know, five years ago when I started doing this, it definitely is not as big as it is now. Same with like astrology and zodiac signs and and Reiki and all of this stuff. And I think it's really because we've like reached this point in our lives when I I really believe humans are like tired of the suffering and we're looking for answers on how to to overcome that. And as I said to open this podcast, the answers aren't in Reiki or religion or spirituality or even meditation. Like those are tools that get you to feel what you're feeling. And that's where the real answers are. They're in your body. And you have to learn to listen to what is present for you, you know? And if you're sad, find out why you're sad. Like really start to dig into it and and allow yourself, whatever comes up, allow your emotions to come up and feel them and process them and then let them go. And I think that's something like so many, so many people just resist their feelings or, I know a lot of people that can't, they, ha- they have to always be going out. Like they're always going out. They're always drinking alcohol. They're always, you know, doing this project and that project. And I, and I asked them, I'm like, and then they complain that they never have any money. And I'm like, well, have you considered you don't have any money because you're going out all the time? And they're like, well, I can't just sit at home. And I'm like, why? Why can't you sit at home? And they're just like, I don't know, I get bored. And I'm like, well, I invite you to sit on your couch for a little while and look into that. Like, why are you bored with yourself? You should be the person that you live, love the most. Like, you know, and it's just this like, people just feel the need to be busy and get out of their head and move and shake things up. And it's like, no, sit in your shit, see what's going on. Like, why are you feeling this way? Yeah, I love that. Just sit in your shit. (laughs) Um, No, this is amazing. I love this conversation so much because it's so true. Like we, it's actually, we're so disconnected from the people that we are. And I think it's because, you know, no one really tells you to sit with yourself and know yourself and know what your values are it's always been like okay you can find yourself in this other person or you can find your values in these clothes or you can it's always been from such a young age and like I get a bit angry about this because I feel like from from when I was a child we've been fed all these things through tv media society like here's a toy you can be happy now. I feel privileged that I was at least able to know that there was something else that I could tap into because, I mean, I was never raised that way. No one ever talked about meditation and I'm sure for many people as well. And like, I mean, it's it's for, for no one's fault. I mean, we just, 
somehow got disconnected from the source along the way maybe capitalism maybe the economy you know that's a, a can of worms but I just feel like there is so much so many there could be so many people out there that would just look in the mirror and maybe not even know the person looking back at them and I think that when you do take that time albeit it is difficult to actually go from not really knowing yourself at all to looking at yourself in the mirror and starting to understand who you really are, what what makes you feel and look like those are some processes that can take a really long time because we're carrying so much stuff. We're carrying stuff from our past, from even before our past. But, you know, you like you got to do the work. Hey, it's kind of like that. That's what this is all about. I mean, we can sit here and say, Oh, meditation changed our life, but it's for nobody. It happens overnight. It's definitely a work in progress and it constantly will be. Yeah. I believe it was Eckhart Tolle, one of his books. I think the power of now he, he says in there um, that an individual human will awaken when they're tired of suffering and you can't force them to awaken like people you know through my life like as I was saying earlier like through when I was trying to take on meditation as a practice like there were so many people that were like you need to meditate start meditating telling me like like go meditate and I just didn't listen to them because I hadn't reached my my suffering point yet and when when you finally reach that point in your life where you're just like, that's it. I'm done suffering. I'm tired of this shit. That's when you choose to awaken and start to, to live a different life. And unfortunately, like something that really frustrates me as a coach is trying to inspire people to do that. And I've learned I can't like, I can't get anyone to do anything they don't want to do. They have to just reach the point or they've suffered enough and they're like, okay, I'm done suffering, Kevin, I need your help. Like, it's sad, but it's true. That's, that's just the way things are, you know? It's like the catch 22 of the compassionate being. <laughs> I go through that all the time as well. Like I, you know, we're compassionate, empathic beings and we don't want to see people suffer. And our natural instinct is to try and help them not suffer Little do we know that they need to help themselves. <laughs> and like you said, be ready. And it creates suffering for yourself because you you are trying to change them and you're trying to help them and improve them. And like it creates stress on your own body because you they're not taking action, you know. And so you have to really learn like as an empath or, you know, someone who's super compassionate to just remind yourself that, just like you, they're human having a human experience and just send them love and compassion and go on your way. Like you can't, you're not going to change them. Um, and that's something that I've realized recently that, you know, I, I'm sure that we were planning on getting into this, but I recently left my, my career to start my own business of coaching and meditation and right now like Bianca I'm sitting in my shit I'm looking at things and I'm like okay how am I going to get a client and I'm reaching out to people and they're committing but they're not taking action and 
it's it's creating suffering for me because I'm trying to get people to do something that they don't want to do. And I just need to remind myself when they're ready, they will find this path. And the, the only thing I can do is be here to hold space and be ready for them when they are. Yeah, my next question was actually going to be, um, you know, how does that affect you as a coach? Because being an empath and wanting to be able to it's kind of like hey everybody we have this like amazing pill that's not a pill all you need to do is sit down and close your eyes and you're going to feel so much better like come you can you can have this but it's like no (laughs) but yeah they don't want they don't want to do the work you know one one of my friends um she actually said to me that it's easier for her to just ignore it and keep living the life that she is rather than face her stuff head on. And I was just like, how much longer are you going to choose to live that way? Avoiding your emotions, avoiding confrontation, like avoiding your true self. Cause that's all you're doing is you're hiding from your true self and you're allowing your ego to control you. Like how much longer are you going to allow that to be the case? And unfortunately for a lot of people, it seems like they're fine with waiting forever, you know? The comfort zone is a very safe place, you know? It's a very safe and dangerous place, and I've sat in that comfort zone many a times, and you sat in that comfort zone, you know, three months ago before you decided to take this huge next step in your life. It's like like the cave, the comfort cave, I'm going to call it. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I just was tired. I was tired of living in the comfort cave. I was just like, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. Like this, this served me for half of my life. And now I get to choose a different way. I I asked myself a question recently before I left my job. And I'm like, do I want to live the second half of my life? Like I lived the first. And the answer was no. And so I just kind of through, through, uh, you know, the, the book of the way things are supposed to be, I just threw that out the window and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to start living my life. And here I am world here. I am universe. Like let's, let's figure out what's next. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really here to just be of service to people. And that's, that's my mission. And I want to throw this question in because I'm sure like many people, um, I actually have a lot of, friends and acquaintances who are in positions in their life where they do want to take a leap and they do want to do something different but it's always what about the what ifs what if I don't get enough money what if I don't you know xyz all the what ifs like what's your advice for the what ifs I would offer up another what if in return which is what if you die tomorrow yeah like because it's possible you know, every single day someone dies that yesterday they never thought tomorrow is my day. You know, so life is now. This is the only this moment right here that you and I are talking are the only moments that we're guaranteed. You know, like I am not too far from San Diego Airport right here. Is it likely that a plane is going to fly off course and crash into my house? No, it's not likely. Is it possible? Yes, it's very possible. You know, it's just, you never know. Like, and so I would just say, you know, how do you want to choose to live your life? Because your time is now, it's time to take action. 
it's time to do what you're passionate about, what you're put here to do. And there's no guarantee that tomorrow you're going to have the opportunity. I, I used to live in the not what if scenario, but the if then scenario. So if I make this much money, then I'll quit my job. Or if I win the lottery, then I'll do this. Or if I get five coaching clients, then I'll have enough money to quit my job. And I was finally just like, that is just a story that you're telling yourself. And when you get to that then point, there's always going to be another if then, right? And so you got to step out of that and just say like, what do I truly want? How am I going to get it? And the time is now to go. You get to go start your life and you get to go start it now. Not tomorrow, not next year, not once you have enough money, not once you have enough confidence, not once you have a soulmate now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been there as well. And um, coming from, I suppose, two people in this conversation who have decided to do something that they really cared about, left their comfort zone, I wouldn't go back. I mean, it's been four years for me, but it's a short time for you. But I feel like when you're doing something that is so heart led and that you're so passionate about, like you will make it work. There is a driver behind that. There is a driver, call it passion, call it something else, but it's something else that will push you through because you are genuinely living your truth and not living a lie. And I think if we're meant to do one thing on this short time, we might as well be living our truth. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, yeah, like, I I just, this kind of stuff inspires me so much. It's like, you just kind of want it around you all the time. Like, hey, keep going. (laughs) Keep following your heart. (laughs) So much of our suffering comes because we're not living our truth and we're not speaking our truth. And, you know, we're at our jobs working on crap we hate and our boss is like oh how's it going and you're like oh great yeah everything's awesome or you know maybe you say like like oh i'm annoyed i'm frustrated but it's like you never really get down to the root of the problem or speak the actual truth like well boss here's the deal i hate this place you're a terrible boss and you're creating a lot of stress and anxiety for me like Instead, we block all that, we stuff it down, and we just create more suffering, we create sickness in our bodies. You know, blocking that energy creates cancer, creates stress, it just, it makes us sick, literally. Yeah, I was actually going to be talking um, about this, I wanted to bring this up as the next point of conversation, sorry, it's that, you know, when you talk about speaking your truth, like, have you ever had one of those moments where, like, you just really want to say something to somebody, but then you can't because of fear or or whatever reason, and then you feel sick afterwards, like, literally ill? Yeah, I have. And so, though, like, that happens. That shit is real. Bottling up emotions, there's actually been studies on it. Um, Did you watch The Emotion Code? No. So it's it's a documentary on uh, Gaia that really talks about how trapped emotions or trapped energies can manifest in physical form. Hence the word disease is actually dis-ease. You're uneasy. You're not doing, you're not releasing what needs to be released. And I've, I did a Qigong class um, at the yoga barn 
And my teacher was like, we're just standing still. He just wants us to stand still and relax and notice the tension in our bodies. And you probably understand this with your experience, how much tension that we hold in our bodies, even when we're still, even when we're sleeping, like there's, there's tension there. Definitely. Um, that's why I like Qigong is one of my favorite practices. My favorite practice is breath work, which I think I sent you a few breath work, uh, uh, meditations before. Um, but like Wim Hof breathing or, you know, there's a few other ones out there, but, um, like these are tools that are designed to move energy. So Wim Hof, you guys can look him up first name Wim, W-I-M, last, last name Hoff, H-O-F. He developed a, a breathing technique which has proven to reduce sickness. Um, they've done studies on it that, you know, people who do this breath like every day for, say, 10, 20 minutes don't get sick anymore. And so it's whether it's Qigong, whether it's yoga, whether it's breath work, you need to move that energy that's in your body. You need to release it. You need to let it flow, let it go. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to create sickness. It's going to create pain in the body, whether that's, you know, heart disease, heart attacks, uh, you know, like leg pain, back pain, neck pain. I used to have really, really bad like neck and shoulder pain. And I still do occasionally, but that's where I carry a lot of my stress and my tension. And so I've learned like through breath work, like I have to move. I gotta, I gotta breathe that out or else it's gonna get worse. And there's been times in my life where I've woken up in the morning and like literally my neck was locked. Like I, I could not move my head because that's how much stress I was under. And you know, we're not put here to live that way. Yeah, exactly. Humans are put to, we're put here to move and exercise and move our body and move our energy, not, be stuck in a chair all day or you know so let's let's say that uh some of our listeners have not really had any conversation around the energetic body and energies let's talk about like for a beginner the relationship between the energetic body and the physical body so the the energetic body i mean i would say that your energy is both within your physical body and outside. So um, I like to think that there's, if I stick my arm out, both my arms out, both, both sides. I'm doing out, it right now. <laughs> probably about a, you know, I don't know, seven foot wingspan, eight foot maybe. So I imagine in every single direction, in front of me, behind me, to both sides, above me, even below me, like four feet all the way around, like a big bubble circle, like that's my energy field. And my physical body is here. And like, you can, like, I've experienced this in meditation where I'm like lying there in bed and or wherever I'm doing meditation. And I'm like, I feel so much, I feel huge like my energy field feels massive like maybe 20 feet around and then I like open my eyes and I see that like I'm just my normal body I'm like wait what I'm like it's it's like mind-boggling that 
your energetic field can reach so much further than you perceive it going. And it's, it's fascinating, you know, just how much energy we really have and how much, you know, you can let you, you could, someone can walk into a room and you can feel their energy, whether it's like depressed, stagnant energy, or just like overflowing joy and abundant energy, or you can stand next to someone and be like, wow, like you have really good energy. And that's because our our energy is not just our physical body. It's, it's beyond that. It's so true. I've felt uh, those sensations in meditation as well, which is kind of funny because going back to talking about how, you know, a lot of people, I think they get into meditation and then they get out of it and then they start doing it again and then they stop. And then when you can get to the point where you can like close your eyes pretty simply and get into a really deep state where you start to feel these beautiful sensations and start to realize that you are much more than just the physical body that you're in. It kind of becomes like a, a roller coaster ride. You're like, okay, I wonder, you know, what what, what are we going to feel today? Um, and so I never really used to feel that in the beginning, but like we were saying, it's such a journey to kind of get to that point and get out of the mind. Um, but yeah, the, there are th- there are so many other things that you can feel, um, and well for positive and negative as well um and then you know i guess meditation is learning how to kind of balance that yeah so my favorite definition of meditation is just a practice of coming back to yourself that's all it is it's each time the mind drifts off and it's stuck you know on your to-do list or what am i going to make for dinner or what about my bills It's going, nope, I'm not going there. I'm practicing breathing or I'm practicing mindfulness and just coming back to your body, coming back to your breath. And then, you know what? Probably 10 seconds later, your mind's going to go, oh, but what about that bill, Kevin? Or what am I going to make for a dinner? And they go, nope, not doing that, coming back. And the more you practice that, the easier it gets. And you'll start to see in your real everyday life, not in in meditation, where you'll notice that maybe you'll be writing an email to someone and your mind will go like, oh, I need to make a phone call. And you can go, nope, not right now. I'm writing this email. And just like mindfully coming back to focusing what you're working on rather than being distracted with the million of other possibilities that you could be doing um i think like it's such a common um a common scenario that people say to me oh i've tried meditation but then i can't stop thinking so i gave up and it's like they're kind of like oh well i failed because a thought came into my mind it's like no we're talking to a meditation teacher here he has the same you have the same thing you know like it it just because you can't you can't stop a thought doesn't mean you failed at meditation, right? Yeah, one of my teachers told me that asking the brain not to think is like asking your heart not to beat. Like your your brain has one job and that's to think. So if if you're telling it don't think, like good luck. <laughs> but you can say you can tell it what to think about, like let's let's count our breath or let's focus on our breath or let's focus on the sensations in my left foot right now. What's here in my left foot? Oh, okay. It's kind of tingling. 
uh, what's in my neck? Oh, kind of, you know, a little bit of pain. Like that's meditation, being aware of what's going on in your body and being present to it rather than thinking, oh, my neck hurts. I should go to the doctor and get that checked out. Like, you know, that's allowing your thoughts to control you versus allowing yourself to really be present. Right. And so tell us a bit about your coaching. So you've coached um, quite a lot of people in meditation from all different levels. Yeah. Um, Anywhere from, you know, first time people meditating to people that have gone on to become teachers. So yeah, I've taught all, all different styles of meditation. My favorite style is just like, I, I call it just like awareness meditation. So, you know, I'll guide people through like, you know, usually I'll start with like a, a breath practice to sort of get them kind of grounded and centered, much like we did to before we hopped on this podcast. That was uh, amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, I, I kind of just invite people like, okay, what sounds do you hear? What does your breath feel like right now? What the, like, what's present in your body? You know, what do you smell? What do you taste, etc. So just like awareness, like what, what's aware right now? And yeah, I've taught all different types of people, all different types of meditation. And I can almost tell you without fail, every single one of them has said, I just, I can't meditate. My mind just like, just races. Like it's just meditation is not for me. I just, I think too much. And I'm like, you know what? Join the club. When I first started, I had the same problem. Like you and everybody else. And there's about a, it's usually around 10 days. So I actually just had this experience. Um, I was with another meditation teacher and uh, one of our friends and the three of us were talking and the other girl, not the, not the teacher was like, yeah, like I'm really proud of myself. I've gone like 14 days and I've meditated every day. And I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, keep going. And she's like, She said, she's like, well, today's like, this was like towards the end of the day. She's like, today's been like really stressful and I didn't do it today or this morning. And like, I'm not sure if like I'll do it today or not, but like, you know, I'll I'll probably start up again tomorrow. And I'm like, no, go home tonight and do it. Like, because you're at about the 10 to 14 day is when you start to feel good. And you're kind of like, I don't really... Like, maybe I don't really need this. I feel good. Like, maybe the change has already happened. And it's like that 14-day mark is when the breakthrough starts to really happen. And so if you can push through that and go, like, three weeks or a month of meditating every single day, I assure you, you will never go back to not meditating. It's so much, I guess people can say, easier said than done because everyone's at such different stages of their life. Like, do you have any advice for people that are in a period of their life that maybe they just really, really don't think meditation is for them? Like, I know you've been doing the, um, or, or there are ways that you can make it fun. Like, I, I know you've been doing the seven-minute car dance meditation. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me think about that. That's a good question. Because there's always going to be, you know, we've all been there. Like, no, it's definitely not for me. Nope, nope, nope. The, stu- yeah, the w- stubborn I ego would, gets in the way. I would say that's a story you're telling yourself. Everyone has it in them to meditate. Steve Jobs was running Apple and Pixar 
at the same time, two of like the biggest companies in the world. Like if he has time to meditate, you have time to meditate. If he can do it, you can do it. The guy that is uh, the founder of Square, like Square, the payment processor and Twitter, I'm forgetting his name right now. He's a huge meditator. Like if people like this can find time in their schedules to meditate, and these are like the alpha males of our generation, like the type A go-getters must be going, must be busy, alpha male, finance driven, motivated, like if meditation can work for them, I assure you it can work for you. I think it's also important to note that, you know, a lot of these people are quite successful people and they have had meditation a part of their life. So maybe it's got something to do with their success. Hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim, Tim Ferriss says that all the time that every single, or it's like 95% of the people that he interviews, which he interviews the most successful people in the world, almost all of them, like 95% have some sort of mindfulness practice so maybe they're not sitting there in silence and meditating but like they're going to you know sit by the river and journal in the morning or they're taking their cup of morning coffee and they're sitting out on their patio and just like really enjoying every sip of that or they're getting up and they're stretching and doing yoga in the morning like they all do it because they have to get out of their head and the only way to get out of your head and into your body is through this work Well, there you go. If you want to have another reason why you should meditate, you can um, add that it could potentially make you super, super successful like Steve Jobs. Yeah. Or like every other, like every single business leader in the world, really. That's true. And um, did you ever have any experience where when you started uh, meditating, it seems like it wasn't a masculine thing to do? Like, did anyone ever tell you that it was more in the feminine realm? Uh, I have had those thoughts. I wouldn't say no one said that to me, but I definitely felt that or thought that. Um, I think and it's again, the... that's just a story. Just like just like we tell ourselves that we're not good enough or we're not sexy enough or we don't make enough money. Those are all just stories. It's just it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's just a narrative that, you know, femininity is related to the emotion. And yeah, I, I feel like as soon as that narrative and that stereotype goes away, then we're going to be seeing like a lot less suffering, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think the answer to myself when I had that, that thought was like, you know what, Kevin, even if it is feminine, look at the state of our world and our society and where this like masculine energy, masculine dominated culture has gotten us. And I don't think it's really gotten us to a great place. So if if this is feminine, maybe we're supposed to be more feminine, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I think we definitely need to acknowledge that a shift is required for us. And when I say a shift, I really think it's going to have to, I think that big change is going to have to come from a mental shift, not a physical one. Yeah, I, I believe that. I mean, the earth has been you know the earth shifts and moves things around all the time just look at like all the hurricanes and fires and the amazons on fire and tornadoes and tsunamis and earthquakes and all the stuff that's been going on recently like the earth is always shifting and always evolving and now it's really up to like 
the human consciousness to do that same thing for ourselves. Yeah, that's true. And so as a meditation teacher, what's some small tips that you can leave us to, yeah, I guess, like get to a a higher level of consciousness, if you may? So that, you know, they always say, well, I shouldn't say they always say, but I believe a lot of people discover meditation and kind of the enlightened spiritual path through yoga. Um, so if you're currently practicing yoga, I encourage you to go deeper into that and start going to rather than the, you know, vinyasa flow or hatha yoga or bikram yoga or heated yoga like go to kind of the ones that maybe aren't attended as much like a yin yoga or a you know yoga plus reiki or a dharma talk or a meditation class like go to those ones that are you're kind of not quite sure what they are because it's going to start to take you to the path that you really want to go and in india yoga used to be just a way of getting into a meditation state so the whole way that yoga started like the whole reason that they stretched and had all these movements was so that when they actually did sit down to meditate their body was then calm and rested and they weren't fidgety and moving around because the body will will like the mind will fool you and it'll be like oh look like you're look, isn't your ankle bothering you? You should get up and move and do something about that. And you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, my ankle is bothering me. And next thing you know, you get up and you're walking. So that's the reason that they practiced yoga was so that then they could sit down and actually meditate. So I invite you to either A, start yoga and start, you know, kind of exploring that more spiritual side of exercise or try some Qigong, um, try a breathwork class, or even just take a few moments in the morning before you get up and go about your day. Like, wake up and just, like, lay there for a little bit. And before you before you look at your phone, before you get up and running around, just lay there and kind of breathe and just see, like, how am I feeling today? There's no right or wrong answer. Um, but just start to explore a little bit of that shift in needing to do everything so immediately just start to notice there's like that place for a pause like the power is in the pause i like that the power is in the pause and being present um and so what's next for you uh so what's next for me so this evening or life in general (laughs) life in general with highly meditated spreading the the (laughs) what's that i was gonna say ending the suffering of all beings yeah, so I will share uh, tonight. It's so it's four o'clock here in uh, four p.m. here in uh, California. This evening, I'm actually going to a men's group that I go to every Monday, um, which is based on emotional intelligence. And there's eight of us that get together, and you want to talk about not your typical males, although there are a lot of like alpha males that go to this. But it's a, uh, it's a practice where we share what's present for us. We get open and vulnerable. We talk about, like, emotion, what's stressing us out. And I started doing this probably, let me think, about two or three months ago. And this weekly group is, like, created one of the biggest shifts, like, 
in my life, I credit. Because I used to have a real issue with not trusting men. And so being in a in a group of men where we hold each other accountable and we speak the truth and we tell each other what's really going on, it's really powerful. Um, so I'm doing that tonight. But to answer your original question, what's next for me is I am actually going to be launching a mindful investing program. So it's kind of using your intuition to change the world through a more feminine approach to making money and investing. And so I've had success in the stock market through really listening to myself and my own intuition and investing in companies that I truly believe in and are making a difference in the world. So I'm creating a program to share kind of that path with the world. And yeah, that's what's next for me. Amazing. Well, I I think I believe in the power of conscious investing and, and really backing people that are trying to make the world a better place and not uh, contribute to, you know, the growing wealth of the 10% of the richest people. So that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about meditation. I, I think we covered so many topics today and it's just, I love talking about this stuff. It's so inspiring. And, you know, I really hope that um, our listeners have got some useful information out of it. If they want to find more about what you're doing if they want to learn about meditation i know you're running coaching sessions as well yeah so i would just say you can reach out to me the easiest way is either go to highlymeditated.co so not.com but highlymeditated.co or you can find me on instagram at the same location highlymeditated.co and I'm very active on Instagram so if you want to DM me and start a conversation I invite you to do so and yeah let's talk and I can share some resources with you amazing well thank you so much it's so lovely to connect with you again and thank you for the meditation at the beginning of the session it just I was actually feeling like a tiny bit nervous and then after we did that meditation it was all gone yeah same same for me there you go the power of the mind and connection (laughs) all right thank you we'll see you soon all right bye thanks for tuning into that episode uh i hope you enjoyed the conversation and perhaps learned a little something about meditation maybe being inspired to start bringing mindfulness or meditation back into your own life um if you're enjoying the podcast please leave me a review Uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, all of them help to be able to share the work that I do. Next week, we're going to be talking about sea turtles. Who doesn't love sea turtles? Uh, I've got my friend Usman on the show who works for the Oliver Ridley Project, which is an NGO that is protecting sea turtles and their habitats in the Indian Ocean. Um, so stay tuned for that should be out next week hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are in the world and I shall speak to you very soon